Hello, everyone. Again, I'm glad to have you for Up and to the Right each and every week. We're able to sit down and just uh, converse and talk uh, with you and uh, then also with somebody that is a friend, a uh, fellow co-worker in the Lord. Um, and so this week we got Ricky Thomas. And Ricky, I'm glad that you're sitting down with me. Listen, I am so grateful and honored to be here. So thanks for inviting me, Pastor Rodney. Well, let us know a little bit about little bit about you, okay? So tell us a little bit about you personally first, mm-hmm. and then um, probably some about your um, your wife. Okay, awesome. So again, my name's Ricky Thomas. I was born and raised right here in Oklahoma City. Um, graduated from Putman City North High School. Uh-huh. Um, upon graduating from there, I moved to Miami, Florida, where um, I earned a bachelor's in religion and philosophy at Florida Memorial University. Um, moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and earned a master's of theological studies there at Vanderbilt University Divinity. And then um, went back to Miami to serve full-time in ministry as an executive pastor. And upon um, finishing my duties there and being called to church plant, uh, my wife and I moved back to Oklahoma City and we began the work of planning and praying and preparing to launch a church in Northeast Oklahoma City. Um, In addition to that, my wife, Brittany, who was there on the screen, um, we co-founded a nonprofit as well called Freedom City, um, where we serve students um, in Northeast OKC who, um, you know, our need of some academic help. And so that's some of the work that we do and a bit of um, my little journey so far. Okay. Yeah. So, so just f- first off, mm-hmm. it's a lot of education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Um, and so I, cause the, a master's in divinity from, you know, um, uh, from um, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is uh, quite impressive. And just that's, that's, that's above my pay grade already. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the country farm boy from, you know, East Oklahoma. Well, you got the colors on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, I guess. Yeah. But uh, then then you talked about your wife. Yes. Uh, Brittany and the nonprofit. What is the name of the nonprofit? So the nonprofit is Freedom City, and um, Brittany and I serve as co-founders, and she also serves as the executive director. So she provides those services and leads those services, um, the day-to-day operations, she okay. does that. Yeah. yeah. So give our audience a, a little better, better feel exactly what are those services okay, you provide. Definitely. So um, we host an after-school girls program that we call Freedom Girls. And through the after-school program, we expose them to extracurricular such as um, music, dance, um, makeup. And we allow them to take some of those arts to cr- craft a narrative so that they can advocate for community change. And so whether that's in their school, um, in the larger community, or even in their home, showing them creative ways that they can communicate and advocate. Um, we also provide reading and math workshops. Um, before COVID, 94% of students in Northeast Oklahoma City failed to state math and reading exams. Mm-hmm. And so we believe that education is one of the great equalizers. In doing so, we're hoping that we can help bend the needle a bit and help the kids um, get on grade level and exceed and reach their full potential. Um, In addition to that, we have a pen pal um, program where, you know, before mentors would come and meet with kids, but due to COVID, um, the school wouldn't allow us to do that. So we ended up starting a pen pal. And so kids are writing their um, mentors every week and uh, mentors are writing back and it's serving twofold cultivating relationships, but then also they're looking at grammar and how they can improve their writing skills. And so those are a few things. We also host a summer program um, and then a full after-school program as well. 
Wow. Yeah. That is enough. It is enough. Uh, and then on top of that, you've got a church that you're starting and and or have started. Yeah. And planting. Before we jump jump mm-hmm. into there just a little bit, what uh, how has COVID impacted um, your nonprofit and what you're doing? So you know, up front we thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe this just happened. But God used you know this really sour situation um, and worked it for our good. We went from you know volunteering and sending volunteers into the school pivoting to opening a remote learning center um, where kids were able to come to us and we provided them with free internet, breakfast, lunch, and take-home dinner and many activities. Um, And doing that work, we ended up becoming designated as a federally funded community hope center. And so with that, we were able to provide counseling services to kids as well to help address some of the childhood trauma that they're experiencing now. And then also their parents were able to access those services as well. And so COVID really provided us an opportunity um, to really you know, take our services almost to the next Come level on. overnight. And that's only something that God could do. We went from me and Brittany to um, a staff of about 13 people almost overnight. Go, God. <laughs> go, God, go. And you know what? That's like, take that, devil. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to use something to bring us down. No, man, that's just wonderful. That, yeah. I'd love to hear that. Yes, sir. Man, God so. is doing great work. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Brittany... Uh, didn't grow up here, right? She did. She actually oh, okay. uh, graduated from Edmond Santa Fe. Okay. I knew that. Yes. Why did I forget that? <laughs> because I gave her a hard time about it. You did. You did. Because I told her I felt so, I'm sorry for her because she was a wolf and yes. she shouldn't be a bulldog. That's right. And if people don't know what we're talking about here, it's just a little bit of uh, inside stuff. My kids grew up in three Edmond schools mm-hmm. and my kids grew up and uh, went, went to Edmond Memorial, which are the bulldogs, mm-hmm. and Edmond Santa Fe are the wolves. Yes. And then you got the huskies, which nobody wants to go there. Right. <laughs> Somebody's going to be mad and somebody, which actually will be good probably because they will spark some type of interest and actually communicate to me. <laughs> yes. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sure she'll listen to this, and I apologize, Brittany, for not remembering. <laughs> it's all right. Listen, my mom graduated from Memorial, and my youngest sister is graduating well, from there in two years. Well, there's some good things that came yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, great things. <laughs> good. So uh, let's talk a little bit about um, church okay. and, and planning a church because, you know, you, you were on staff uh, for some time, mm-hmm. and you and Brittany have been a part of ministry for a long time. Yes, and then there began to be this desire to plant a church and to come back home and mm-hmm. do that. So talk to us about that journey uh, leading up to this church plant. Yeah. So we were serving, well, I was serving at a church in Miami, Florida as executive pastor. And God had really just blessed my life and Brittany's life while at that church. Um, we both grew individually um, spiritually and just as individuals. And, um, we saw the church grow as well. And while we were there, we had the opportunity to serve, um, great people. And we just began to feel though that God was stirring something in our hearts. We weren't sure what it was, but we knew that God wanted us to begin, um, praying about doing something different. And so as we began to pray about that, um, we went to dinner one Sunday and, um, we began to just talk about that and how that might look. And I just began, we said, okay, so we know God wants us to move on. And so, um, I talked to my pastor there and we began submitting resumes to churches across the country because I thought my call was to help revitalize churches. You know, I was extremely passionate about that. 
Um, but uh, just a few months later, I was going to the original House of Pancakes in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and while driving, I remember hearing God speak almost clear as day, plant a church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And God was like, yeah, plant a church. And so um, we got the food, went home, and I told Brittany, I said, I think that <laughs> God wants us to plant a church. And she says, he told me the same thing. And I was, you know, oh, I was wow. kind of heartbroken, honestly. Yeah. I was like, God, oh. why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you know, church planning is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. And so. See, Brittany was going to be your out. Right. And God didn't let that happen. <laughs> he did not. He did not. And so um, we spoke with our pastor there in Miami, and he affirmed the call, and a few others affirmed the call as well. And so um, we sold everything we owned and moved back to Oklahoma City. Um, and we began the work through Freedom City to cultivate relationships in the community and then also to you know assist those students in reaching their potential um, and simultaneously we began working on developing a launch team. Mm. And so we're doing that late 2019, early 2020, and then the COVID-19 global pandemic hit. Yeah. And so all of our church planting efforts um, seem to have been thwarted. Um, but what we decided to do was try our, and do our best to remain faithful to the call. And so we actually launched our services virtually September uh, 27th of 2020. And so we began hosting online services. And um, eventually, once we felt more comfortable in February of this year, February uh, 28, 2021, mm-hmm. uh, we hosted our first in-person service at Tinseltown Movie Theater in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. So how has, <laughs> yeah, you've, I've <laughs> talked to a few guys around the country who have planted during this time. And, but then to see God's grace, even through um, you know, the, the scripture that says God's grace is sufficient yeah. for whatever it is you have need of. That's right. And to see it and to see it in your life, uh, you and Brittany. But how has uh, planting a church impacted you spiritually? So with planting a church, I am very administratively driven. And so prior to I'm reading all these books about church growth, I know a lot of church growth strategies and systems. Um, I'm reading books about planting and my focus is we have to have as big of a launch day as possible because we know, based upon statistics, that your um, your attendance drops in half on that next Sunday. But you want to have a good, good attendance. And so I'm focused on the numbers, mm-hmm. solely focused on how can we grow big and as quickly as possible. And it wasn't until maybe about a month ago, I was performing a baptism. And during that baptism, yeah, and there's one right there. Um, during that baptism, it was as if God spoke to me. You're focused on the wrong things, guy. You should be focused on discipleship. There was one particular baptism where a guy was being baptized and he was telling me that he just wants to be a better man of God. And in saying that, what God showed me was like, this lady who's being baptized right after him, it's because this guy here invited this woman to church Mm. and she committed her life to Christ. And God's like, this right here is true discipleship. So good. You know, it didn't come through excellent marketing, but it came through 
a person feeling called to just be a better man of God and invited yeah. his coworker into a relationship with Christ. Yeah. And God's like, Ricky, you've got to focus on discipleship. Church growth then is a byproduct of good discipleship. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So what are some of the lessons that maybe you've learned in this season? Uh, because I'm sure that you've, you know, you, you've had a few things that um, either you have, God's been clearly speaking mm-hmm. to you or that you have been learning um, through these hard, hard, difficult times. Yeah. So uh, I actually have probably three that stick out to me the most. The first is that um, sometimes trouble comes. Some, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you have the call of God on your life and the favor of God on your life. Preach that it. does not mean that the assignment is going to be easy. It could be that that is a sign that the devil has a target on you because yeah. you do have an assignment from God. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And he's going to throw everything he has at you in order to get you to take your hand off the plow and to stop following the call and the assignment of God on your life. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, even with that, sometimes difficulty comes and it also doesn't mean that God is upset with you. There was a season, um, actually this past October, it was just rough, extremely rough. Um, Attendance was down, offering was down, and then our trailer with all of our worship equipment was stolen from it. And I'm like, God, (laughs) what is going on? And I'm just, you know, honestly feeling extremely discouraged. But even in that, I kid you not, maybe a week later, God restored everything we lost times three. Praise the Lord. Only God can do stuff like that. And so remembering that the call of God does not mean things are going to be easy, but you just have to stick with it and have faith and trust in God. Um, Another major lesson that I've learned is, um, you know, take care of your spouse. And so, you know, Mm. Brittany, she is great. She is extremely supportive. Um, My personality, I am naturally driven. I'm looking for results, trying to accomplish things. And a couple couple weeks ago, Brittany said to me, she said, hey, I know you're stressed. I know you're focused on these things, but I've got some things that are bothering me too. Um, Mm -hmm. I just need your support in this. And it was like, gee, I'm neglecting my wife in an area that Mm. she needs my support and my Mm. listening ear. And so with that, it's just, you know, as you are trying to fulfill God's call on your life, also be aware of your spouse. You know, they still need you. Um, And, you know, should everybody else leave, you want your spouse to be there still. (laughs) And so um, that was a major lesson um, that I learned. And the other one is probably remain flexible. You know, you have plans and you have strategies that you want to employ. But at the end of the day, it all depends on what God is doing. Mm -hmm. And you have to remain flexible to the work he is doing. Let's um, find the wave that he's on and try to get on it and ride it. Don't try to do your own thing. Remain flexible. Ooh, yeah. somebody said once, thus saith the Lord, remain flexible and you won't be bent out of shape. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you may bend, but you'll come back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, that that is good. You you, you talked about um, the, the idea of possibly going to um, going to breathe life into a church that is an existing church versus mm-hmm. church planting. That's mm-hmm. initially what you were thinking about. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I, and I, there is that role, and that's very important. Um, but I'm a big believer in birthing things mm-hmm. um, instead of mm-hmm. sometimes resurrecting things. Things need to be wow. resurrected too. But yeah. uh, there's, and you already see it in your church because there are a number. Of, I've got your 2021 impact. And you can actually request this. You can um, go to their website and probably get this and mm-hmm. request this. It's uh, freedomworship.net. Yep. And so we'll put that on the screen, but it's freedomworship.net. And you can find out some of the numbers this year. But, I mean, you've had over 70-plus salvations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had a number of people bat- baptized in water. Uh, over 70 baptisms, 140 salvations. Uh, 70 baptisms, uh, 50 uh, new volunteers, you got small groups going. And so it's just great to see what God is doing as far as and also some of the goals that you have for 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God is doing a great work. And, you know, like you said, resurrecting and transforming things that need to come back, it's an area, but then birthing new things. Yes. God has a plan that, you know, sometimes only new things can uh, take care of. Mm-hmm. And so looking at the wineskins, can't put old wine into new wineskins because it just won't work. Nope. Won't work. And same thing, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. It just won't work. No. And some of the, you know, I tell people God never changes, but sometimes methodologies do. And so with those methodologies changing, we have to be willing again to be flexible. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about the things that we want, but what is going to help reach the most people. Okay, so you talk about methodology. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that's very important to me because the mm-hmm. message doesn't change, in, my, right. in my opinion, mm-hmm. is that the Word of God uh, will remain. Mm-hmm. You know, the flower withers, but the Word of God remains the same. Heaven and earth pass away, but the Word of God remains. That's right. The message of the gospel is, is remaining. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. Um, but the methodology, we have to, as churches, be flexible. Uh, as leaders of churches, but also as lay people, I, I sometimes uh, there, we 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 resist because we want to mm-hmm. hang on to something. That's right. Yeah. And so, talk to us a little bit about that because your church probably looks different than the church you grew up in. Oh, it does. It most definitely does. And so, why is that important that there, that we're evolving in that uh, in our methodology? Yeah. So, the biggest thing is probably simply because of the people we're trying to reach. And so, with that. The church I grew up in, you know, its its heyday was probably in the 1980s, um, early 2000s, where it was one group of people who, you know, liked and had certain preferences and was accustomed to certain things in church. And then the group of people we're trying to reach, you know, millennials and younger, who for one, may have no God concept whatsoever, who may have never stepped into a door, a church door whatsoever. And so trying to reach them, it's going to take something completely different. Um, Hosting them in service. There's some church jargon that just won't work in terms of communicating because there'll be a communication barrier. Um, And then also, you know, when I was growing up, we went to uh, churches visited each other, and sometimes when you went to a visiting church, they'd ask you to stand up, state your yeah. name, where you're from, yeah. and share your testimony. Well, you know, most people's number one fear is public speaking. Yeah. You know, 
that's a methodology that could change in order to make um, a non-churchgoers experience more welcoming where they don't have to do that. And so just changing how we do some things, you know, I love a good hymn. I'm traditional at heart, Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that hymns may not reach everyone. And so what contemporary worship music should we be employing that will reach the hearts of people? And then, um, you know, just being comfortable. Some guy mentioned to me about people and the way they dress when they come to church. Um, they visited somewhere and a, some person had on their pajama bottoms and came to church. And I was like, big deal. Yeah. And then I kid you not, a couple of weeks ago, there was a girl in our church whose parents were like, I just want to get us to get to church on time. Will you just come on? The girl was very reluctant, didn't want to come to church, um, has been anti-church most of her teenage life. She gets to our church wearing her pajama bottoms, thinking that her parents are going to be upset, that someone at church is going to say something negative. You know, she gets there. Our people embrace her, love on her. Two weeks later, this girl is serving in our kids' ministry. Oh, that's great. You know, God's able to do so many different things. She hasn't worn pajama bottoms anymore. <laughs> She's wearing some jeans. That's good. But, you know, sometimes feeling, um, being able to just change, yeah, our methodologies and our preferences so that we can open a door for others yeah. to experience and hear the gospel. It's good. So I was doing a conference a few years back in Chicago mm-hmm. and spoke um, and it was a group of pastors and board members mm-hmm. of churches that were there. So it was a mixture there. And I had this guy come up to me after speaking, just weeping. Um, and he was apologizing to me about how he had treated his pastor. And I said, well, I listened to him, but I said, no, you need to go talk to your pastor. And what he was saying is that he had been, he had been such a resistance to change. Mm-hmm. And he felt convicted of the Holy Spirit because his pastor was trying to make the changes necessary to reach more people. And here was a guy who was a very successful businessman. He had a business and he said, he said, I just realized as you were speaking, my issue is he said that in my business, we've made four major changes in our business in the last 20 years. We've had to go complete internet. We've had to go to this and we've Mm -hmm. had to make these major changes. And he said, I have to spend so much time, all, all the time, energy, keeping up with what needs to happen in yeah. our culture so that my business can thrive and move forward. And he said, I, I just wanted church to be the one place that I came that it was the same every week. Wow. That I could count on the same songs. Mm-hmm. I can count on the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that I could just come back and, and just not have to worry about change. Yeah. And he said, I just realized is that how much more does the church need to be flexible to make the changes necessary to reach a growing population number mm-hmm. of people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus? Yeah. And so I think that that's a lot of times we want, we don't want to change and we're forced to change so much mm-hmm. by culture and society around us mm-hmm. that we want church just to be that same old, same old. Yeah, most definitely. It's and a- we're comfortable with that, but actually it can be also constrictive it's choking us out spiritually yeah most definitely and i think part of that is we're wanting how we do church to be our anchor opposed to be be imposed to the god who never changes absolutely to be our anchor and when we you know are more concerned about the god who never changes being our anchor 
honestly, for me, it doesn't matter how we do church. You know, as long as the God who is our anchor remains mm. my anchor and he is still being glorified. It's good. You know? Good. So, Ricky, what 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 has been like a highlight for you mm-hmm. um, during this season of yeah. church planning? So in addition to the baptisms and the salvations, um, probably the biggest highlight from going from starting a church to seeing the people who are attending beginning to jail Mm. and to form community with each other and to begin loving on each other and taking care of each other. That has probably been one of the biggest highlights, um, just sitting back and watching people love each other. Yeah. That's so good. Mm -hmm. And you have seen that. Well, I know this. For Shannon and I, Mm -hmm. we have we're just proud to see what God has done um, through you and Brittany and the church. And we've, North Church is thrilled to be a part in a small way yes. uh, to be able to help out. And we hope to help out in a greater way. So let me ask you this, mm-hmm. just how are ways that people can be praying for you and uh, for freedom worship, for you and Brittany and freedom worship? Yeah. So I would say um, praying for our church, you can do so in this way. Um, by praying that God will continue to use our church to reach people in Oklahoma City. Our vision is that every person in Oklahoma City will have a relationship with Jesus Christ and reach their potential. And so if you would pray that, the Lord allows us to actually fulfill that vision and that, and pray that God will, you know, stop the attacks of the enemy so that we can continue working toward that vision. Um, You can pray that God continues to send resources our way so that we're able to fulfill that and continue serving kids um, inside of Northeast Oklahoma City. And then for me and Brittany, I'll probably say pray for strength and fortitude um, and, you know, the reminder to pause and take a breath and yeah. rest. Um, Sabbath is so important. And um, I know that personally, I don't always take that Sabbath. Mm. And so, you know, a reminder from God or from a friend would do mm. wonders. Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit about where you're meeting right now. Mm-hmm. What is your time you, you meet? Mm-hmm. And then uh, how somebody can get in contact with you. Okay. So we currently meet at Tinseltown Movie Theaters um, in Oklahoma City. So that's 6001 North Martin Luther King Boulevard. It's across from Remington Park and adjacent from the Oklahoma City Zoo. Um, You can also get in contact with me by going to freedomworship.net or my email, rthomas at freedomworship.net. And I am very quick on the email. All right. Yeah. Well, Ricky, thank you for this time. And um, I look forward to seeing Brittany again. Yes, sir. Thank okay. you so much for having me. Appreciate you. Be praying for him and um, freedom worship. And so reach out to them. Let them know that you're praying for them. And also, if you'd love to be able to give anything, just simply mark it, let us know, and we'll make sure that every dollar goes to them. And so I'm glad that you joined us today. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Up and to the Right. <laughs>